Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Welcome back once again to the Corner of Truth and Courage. Yesterday, I began talking to you about Juneteenth. Uh, This weekend, uh, June the 19th, was officially uh, the day that, you know, set apart to celebrate and remember the abolition of slavery in America. From my understanding, this practice began in Texas and um, really, you know, has not had any national uh, spotlight upon it until the woke crowd and the CRT, the critical race theory group, are trying to bring attention to it. And their efforts are trying to, you know, create division in our country, again, between, you know, the white and the black communities. They won't let the past heal. They want to resurrect it again and remind Uh, You know, make those who are white today feel guilt and shame for something that our ancestors here in our country did. Let me make it clear. The Bible is very clear in Deuteronomy that the children are not guilty for the sins of the father, and the father's not guilty for the sins of the children. You can't punish one for another person's deeds, and that is part of what's going on, and they demand reparations and all that, and yet it was many, many white people who fought in our land to bring about the end of slavery, and as in yesterday, yesterday's uh, program, and I don't know if I quite got this across to you there, the abolition of slavery in America as a nation did occur under uh, Lincoln, which was the Republican Party. And it's been the Republican Party who has made the efforts to give uh, black people the right to vote and, you know, treat them as, uh, you know, as equals. But it's been the Democrat Party in through the history who has opposed that and fought that during the Roosevelt era then the Democrat Party seemed to embrace the black people to say, well, let's give them things to get them to vote for us. And in a sense, they're enslaving them again to the government so that the government has power and got their vote. Sadly, that's what's been going on. But I want to go back to this um, thing. It's not just... Uh, the, the, there, there were two abolitions of slavery in the Americas. One time is when we were a not quite yet a nation. We were still colonies under Britain. And our framers, once they signed that Declaration of Independence, we severed ourselves from the power of England. And many of these people wanted to bring abolition to slavery in their colonies, but the king of England stopped them, kept them from doing it. But when they were able to free themselves from England, they were able to go back to their states and write new laws and develop states. And three out of four of the framers 
successfully abolished slavery even before we actually federalized ourselves with our own national constitution. And that was a bit of a problem. We, you know, we had to make some compromises in the constitution with the southern states and led us eventually to a civil war. But I want to talk about some of the people who came out of that first abolition. And I wish we taught, you know, this in in our history, in our classes, because I, you know, it wasn't until I became an adult and many years into it there that I came to understand these things myself. But we have a great deal of black, black men owning black slaves during that time. And yet that's not being told. I told you yesterday of the first slave owner who petitioned the Virginia courts, the Virginia company, to be able to own his slaves in perpetuity. The first man to do that, his name was Anthony Johnson, and he was a black man, a black slave owner, came from Angolia, became a landowner in Virginia, petitioned the Virginia company to own his slaves that he brought over with him on his ship to own them in perpetuity, and the courts granted him that. And so, therefore, he became the first slave owner in the New World, in the colonies. But let me uh, go through some other things that you might, might not be aware of. Carter Woodson, a black historian looking at the census data in the 1800s, found out that free blacks were owners, black slave owners, of other blacks in the South. Of, in South Carolina, 43% of the slave owners were black men. In Louisiana, 43% of the slave owners were black men. Mississippi, 26%. Alabama, 25%. Georgia, 20%. So blacks, be, uh, black slave owners, free, slow, uh, free black men owning black slaves in their plantations. Hmm. We're not reading that in our history books. In the 1860 census, at the beginning of the Civil War, only 8% of Americans actually owned slaves. So it was a very small part of America owning slaves. But let's get back to the earlier abolition, because one of these men that came out of that benefited from it. His name was Harry Hoosier. For years and years and years, I was born in Indiana, born in Lafayette, and uh, I've been trying to figure out what is a Hoosier? And I've asked many people, what is a Hoosier? My grandmother, I remember asking her, and, you know, she told the same joke that I've heard from many other people. When someone knocks at the door, we say, who's there? And, and we really don't know. We, we don't know. Well, I've come to learn that actually we, in Indiana, became known as Hoosiers because of a man by the name of Harry Hoosier. Harry Hoosier was a man who was low-born but made something of himself, and the actual the term Hoosier is based on his rise from, you know, pretty much from slavery into becoming a very prominent man. He was born in Fayetteville, North Carolina, to slave parents in 1750. Out in that part uh, of North Carolina, they were known for hosiery and stockings. Of course, that's what men and women wore at the time, hosiery. And so Hoosier, hosiery. Uh, he was a Hoosier, making of hosiery. That was his trade. He was sold and taken up to Baltimore. And when the, the signing of the Declaration of Independence and the abolition of slavery back then, 
in the 1700s there, he was made a free man. He was uh, known as Black Harry, a great well-known preacher in his day. Uh, He was hired by Bishop Ashbury, who founded the American Methodist Church in 1780. Uh, He taught Harry how to read and to study his Bible. And Harry had a remarkable ability to memorize long, lengthy passages. And thousands of people would come and hear him preach, white and black, women and children. John Wesley's representative, Thomas Cook, wrote in his journal about Harry Hoosier and described him as this, as one of the best preachers in the world and yet one of the humblest creatures he ever saw. In his message to black people, he would often preach to them and remark to them this, you know, other men have shackled you, shackled your hands and your feet with metal. Take heed, you don't shackle your heart with hate. He taught those who came out of slavery, don't, you know, hold bitterness. Don't be a victim. Uh, Don't um, regard hate in your heart over it. Don't shackle your heart with hate. Men have shackled your feet with metal. Don't shackle your heart with hate. What a great message. What a great teaching. You know, we should teach that today. And so because of Harry Hoosier's rise from, you know, from being low birth and uh, being uh, risen to great stature, Uh, Men and women who were crossing the Ohio River into Indiana, people who were of low birth but made something of themselves and a new life for themselves in Indiana, that moniker of of Harry Hoosier's life was applied to these people, and thus they were called Hoosiers, being low-born but making something of themselves. Let me tell you about another person who came out of slavery in the 1700s, in that first abolition of slavery in America. Bishop Richard Allen, he was born a slave in 1760, but was able to purchase his freedom. He became an ordained minister. He founded the AME, the African Methodist Episcopalian Denomination, and also, too, became a well-known preacher of his day. And his message to black slaves who were coming into freedom, again, was very similar to that of Harry Hoosier. He said this, Let no rancor or ill will lodge in your breast for any bad treatment you may have received from any. If you do, you transgress against God who will not hold you guiltless. He would not suffer even his, his beloved people of Israel. And can you think he will allow it unto us? And the point he was saying, don't hold this rancor, this deep, bitter hate to lodge in your breast because of the bad treatment that you had, you know, by others when you were a slave. Don't let that malice be there and, uh, and inflict injury into your heart. And in um, and, and this critical race theory movement and the Black Lives Matter movement that's out there, what are they telling the black people of today? Be angry. Be angry of what the white man has done. And the white man can't, you know, they're just evil people. It's part of their nature. It's, if you're European, uh, you know, the, the slavery and, and all that. And yet they don't teach the slavery that was going on in Africa of blacks enslaving blacks and blacks enslaving whites, over 2 million, according to French records, 
of Muslim blacks, uh, people from from the continent of Africa, were enslaving uh, white Europeans, over two million of them. And they were treated with great cruelty. Many of them were killed. Why were they mistreated so much? Well, it had a large part to do with the religion of Islam. But that's not being taught in, in our schools today and in America. And I have made, you know, without, you know, I, I can't give you full evidence in this, but because of the Barbary pirate wars and stuff and the mistreatment that Muslims had done to, to our crews and, and, and people when they held them in captivity and, and held them for ransom, and the cruelty that was given to them when they were treated as slaves, I believe that America uh, reciprocated and 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 taught and and brought a lot of cruelty to the slaves that were coming here to America. I can't prove it, but that's my theory in that. And then also with evolution coming in the 1800s, there teaching us that or trying to teach us that. Black people were less than human. I'm here to tell you, God never taught this. You won't get this from the Bible. Tomorrow, uh, we'll take the time to get into the biblical plan for slavery. There was a there was a purpose for it, but sadly, it has been abused by men. And that's going to be it for today. I hope that this information will be enlightening and helpful, and encourage us to stand and speak the truth. And we hope that you'll come and join us tomorrow at the Corner of Truth and Courage. God bless you.